Thank you for listening to or watching the Upland Down Under podcast. Tonight's show is recording live on Wednesday, the 25th of October at 7.30 p.m. AEST, which is 8.30 p.m. AEDT. On tonight's show, we'll catch up on some crypto and Upland market news. Interestingly enough, one is seemingly fueling up for the next moonshot, while the other just had a DJ Shorts nuclear bomb dropped on it. Which is what? Well, we'll get to all that here in a minute or two. We've also got October Neighbourhood Ratings update, of course, Totem Mystery Pass Sale, Chapter 3 was just run and won. Uh, we've got Racing with Stakes, the latest Stock Car Pro Series exclusive car sales, the Susan G Co-Man Wearable Sale, and the Master Builders Extension Update to catch up on. Main topic for this evening will be cha-ching. Upland is poised to be flush with cash after fresh funding injections, plural, of $8.5 million. That's a lot of money. We've also got some additional Web3 and Meet Sudiverse news to cover, of course. Um, lots of AI stuff about with the Meet Sudiverse news at the moment. Uh, we've got a quips on small structures, utility and upland, and another one on locked up cities. And of course, as I said last week, it is Halloween celebration month. So just like last week, I've got UPX and heaps of Samurai Aquatics map assets to give away both to our live participants and of course our watchers, listeners from last week. And I'll be outlining a new weekly contest challenge for the NBA server I didn't forget this week. The link to which, of course, is in the description. Now, if you haven't got yourself involved in any of the weekly contests we've run, well, you just might want to go ahead and address that, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. I had a bit of an epiphany through the week on how I was going to do something at the end of the year, and I've worked it out. And if you want to get involved in that, well, got to get yourself in the NBA server and you have to have had some kind of input into the weekly contest challenge. Of course, all of that that we just mentioned and more on this, the Upland Down Under podcast. If you're wondering how you can take part in the live recordings, I dropped the link to the Zoom every Wednesday night at about 7.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, let's get into the Breaking Badly news and take a look at what's currently happening in some of the crypto and Upland markets. Now, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. We're going to front load it with some Bajinga news. And Swali, I might get your take on this because you were we were talking about this um, earlier in the afternoon. So if you haven't seen, um, Bitcoin is, and pretty much the whole crypto space is, kind of had a massive pump over the last week. And a lot of that's down to what's going on with the US and ETFs. What's your take on all this, Swally? All right. So in short, if I understand it correctly, um, there was some sort of release of the ticker for iShares for, uh, was it BlackRock for their ETF? So people got excited. Apparently that was, that's been around for a while. So that's actually been removed. But yep. long story short, I believe people are getting quite bullish on the imminent approval of multiple ETFs, which is what's causing the main run at the minute especially yes. for Bitcoin, which seems to be striking ahead of everything else. Yeah, as it often does, it, it leads a pack. And then once everyone's made their coin, you know, their profits on that, then the shitty coins have a bit of love as well. So yeah, it says a grayscale spokesperson said the company now hopes to work constructively with the SEC on its efforts to convert GBTC, currently the world's largest cryptocurrency fund with US $16.7 billion in assets under management into a spot Bitcoin ETF. GBTC is operationally ready and we intend to move as 
expeditious, I can never say that word, expeditiously as possible on behalf of our investors, the spokesperson said. So, yeah. Um, what does it say? You're going to have a lot of people getting into crypto by the way of an ETF, said Jack Jai, head of crypto at Payment Platform Unlimited. He said the primary benefit of a spot Bitcoin ETF is that it improves the user experience for would-be crypto investors. Um, so, yeah, if they're going to do that, they're going to need Bitcoin supply from somewhere, and that's going to come from the market, hence it's pumping. And, you know, once... As Swally, you've said there, as once one of these gets approved, well, then that's generally the catalyst for a whole bunch of other stuff to happen. As we've seen with, um, what was it? It was Upland and the Ripple, the Ripple judgment that came through that then allowed Upland to go ahead with the Sparklet proposal and all these these sorts of things tend to have a bit of a snowball effect. So how's that played out in the actual markets? Well, yeah. As we said, it's pretty damn juicy. Let me move that over there. So crypto market cap is up 12.8% to 1.25 trillion from just over 1 trillion last week. And Bitcoin dominance up 3.4%, was 51.2% last week, up to 53% this week. The fear and greed index has swung wildly into the greed. We were 47 neutral last week and we're at 71 greed this week. So, you know. Trade cautiously. Who knows what goes up? Is this the is this the moonshot? Is it going to keep going up? Is this um, just going to wreck a whole bunch of people? Um, who knows? That's part of the fun. So yes, Bitcoin itself up sixteen percent from snapshot taken earlier this evening. Uh, now flirting with what? What did you see? It's well, you didn't you see you you saw it up over thirty six? Was it at some stage? No, uh, it got up over thirty five, I believe. Mm, 35 so yeah now it's dropped back a little bit to $34,166 but that's up significantly from last week 28686 Ethereum up 12.1% $1,789 Wax now we did see Wax took a fairly big jump maybe it was last week or the week before where everything else was down Wax was up well that's that's the only one that's down that I'm covering this week down 25.8% uh, was 0.065 last week now it's flirting with 0.05 again. Engine's up 9.8%. Ripple's up 11%. Solana, big jump, was $24.19, up 23.7% this week, 31.70. EOS, a little bump there, 8%. What else sticking out? Polygon up 17.6%. Cardano's up a touch. Um, Avalanche back over $10. And Gala's had 14.1% boost to back to 0.015 so yes she's up 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 is it up 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 and away or is it up 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 and whoops you just got wrecked have to wait and see so yes and over to upland 90 day average transaction volume up 1.7 percent nice to see that up a little bit was 32.7 million last week 33.292 this week the trading volume however continues to slip slide away down 1.5%. Unique active wallets over the seven days, up 0.8%, was 52,630 last week, now just over 53,000. Total unminted properties. Now, thank you very much for Green Turtle, who reached out on Twitter through the week and said, I don't think the way you're calculating those is quite correct. Um, thank you for that. He pinged UPX land in that, and we got it clarified. So, yes, for the last 
God, I don't know, for the last two and a half years, I've been reporting the total unminted properties wrong. So take last week's figures with a grain of salt. And we've got the correct figure in there this week. So we've got 314,284 properties unminted. That'll all get fixed out, fixed up next week when we get the proper data in, of course. But still 92% of properties minted across the board in Upland. Now, thank you very much to Swali, who put in some effort this afternoon to do the grind, to do the manual grind through all of the cities. So we actually have a full set of fairly accurate data this week. Thank you for that, Swally. And what's sticking out? Was there anything that stuck out, out to you as you were going through it? Uh, not really, no. Um, uh, just a lot of locked properties at the floor here. That's about it. Yes, the old DJ Nuke. We'll get to that in a second. Um, what do we got? I'll have a quick look through. Now, I have put in the, um, the color coding here for the best deals for buying for UPX and selling for USD. Currently, that's still Detroit. And second and third best is Rio and Rutherford. The worst on that front, that's what st stood out to me. One of the things is Manhattan. Buy for 74,900 UPX and sell for $27.75. That's currently your, your worst bet there. Of course, on the flip side, if you want to buy for USD and sell for UPX, that is your best bets. Um, second and third worst or best, depending on your vibe, is Porto and San Francisco. Um, double figures, Bakersfield up 11.4% on the UPX was 6,999 last week. Again, that's some, some of those last week figures we're not 100% sure of. So 7,900 um, pointer series. That, I'd say that one's definitely the figure there was balked from last week. So we'll take that one with a grain of salt. LA, that would be accurate. 7,998 UPX last week. Down to 7,600 was $3.40 last week, and we're back to the $3 floor there. Uh, we mentioned Manhattan. What else? Rutherford down 20%. That was accurate last week, that figure. So it was 33,700 UPX last week, down to just under 28,000. But the USD has had a pump there. Yeah, we often see this. If someone's playing with the floor, we'll see one drop and the other one rise, and that. That appears to be what's happening there. Down 20% on the UPX and up 28% on the USD. And then pretty much not a lot happening anywhere else. But yes, the DJ shorts factor. Anyone want to jump in and tackle that? Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Obviously, I came across it today with the $3 properties in much, much more expensive cities. I have no idea. It doesn't appear to be in jail, but I don't know what the story is with it. Yeah, DJ's been around for a while. I'll bring up his information here. He joined March 4th, 2021. It's been around for a while. I had a lot to do with him back in the early days. DJ was one of the one of the main instigators that helped form the UDU back in the day with me. Um, was heavily involved in all of the early on stuff. Um, for various reasons, he decided he no longer wanted to be involved. And as you can clearly see with his data, he... You know, he was up at a high of shit, nearly, what's that number of properties? 4,000 properties, something like that. And then he's dropped off completely. Um, he has been trying to get out of Upland. Uh, very famous, of course, for posting videos about how he's doing a sale. And then an hour or two later, they'd be deleted. Um, now he has dropped the floor in various cities. London, we're down to 17% markup on the floor. 
he well the mint price for that property was seventeen thousand five hundred forty. He paid forty thousand, just under forty one thousand for that. Now he's selling it for three dollars. Um, same in LA, three dollars. But that's the kind of LA floor. What else? LA, LA, San Francisco paid a hundred thousand UPX for that property, or a hundred dollars. I don't know which one. And now trying to sell for three dollars. Um, LA again, LA, 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 and I thought that was a Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo there. Look, 29,100 settling for three dollars, and Manhattan 71,500 last price now selling for three dollars, etc. Now, the frustrating part about that is, of course, that DJ wants to get out of the game, he's listed some properties so he can fire sale to get out of the game, but he's not able to, nobody's able to actually purchase those properties. Because there's some apparently there's some issue with his tilia. So yes, quite a frustrating experience, no doubt for DJ, but for everybody else that's trying to look at floors and set floors and market prices, it's just a real pain. Um, I don't know, Swally, did you want to speak to maybe how much of a pain it is to trawl through the data when you have locked properties, jail properties, deleted accounts, and all that? Yeah, um, so I've got the whole process pretty much automated now. I can download the data and have it all populated into the program in about five seconds. Um, but obviously checking each city one at a time. And then you go to the place like Bonus Areas, I think it's got like 12 or 13 properties on the floor at, at um, that are locked for jail. So you actually got to you know, expand the search from 10 to 50 to get further and just keep clicking. So it takes me about five, 10 minutes now to go through each city and just see what the floor is and if it's locked or not, which is a bit annoying, but it'd be good if um, Apex World, Apex Land somehow could filter that out of their data, but I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a roundabout solution though. We, we need Upland to, I, I think if, if, you're a, if you're a jailed account, but then uh, I was going to say, if you're a jailed account, you should have all of your listings removed. But then if you're in jail and you need to get the funds to get out of jail, well, you've got to sell something. Um, I think definitely for the people that delete their accounts and then the property just sits there on the floor saying is not available, there should be some mechanism in place where they're not able to delete their account until they're delisted or something. I don't know. It's blockchain. It's, you know, famously, it's they're your properties, you know. Supposed to be the true ownership and all that. The properties where the owners have been deleted it didn't appear as they weren't available. I didn't try and buy one. It didn't mm. appear as that you couldn't buy it. I don't know if you could or not. So that'd be interesting to see. But I don't know. The players in jail are never coming back. Does that mean the property just sits there forever because it's you know owned by the player? Yeah, I, I, be I believe there is. There is a way that they can remove those from the listings, but it must be some kind of manual process that they have to go on. It's, it's not an automated thing. But it's not a good look for Upland when you're clicking on all these properties and they're all in jail and you're like, especially even in Queens, you, like I'm doing the treasure hunt, the number of properties I come across that are locked. Like it's not a, I don't think it's a good look for Upland in, in general. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. Even if you go like, um, you know how you can scroll over, say, San Francisco City and you press the market button and then you see there's a property there for $3. You go, well, you be, and then you dive into it and that's, you try to buy it and you can't buy it. And yeah, if you're not on Discord, if you, if you don't know the story as to why, I imagine that would be quite frustrating for people, you know, newbies or people who aren't heavily engaged in the Discords and all the rest of it. 
be like, what the hell? Why can't I buy this? So yes, quite frustrating, frustrating all around. So maybe some of that, some of that hefty $8.5 million cheddar that they've got, maybe they could sling a few dollars towards trying to get the floors sorted out because yeah, it's not fun. It sucks. On that note, we shall move on over to October neighborhood ratings. What do we got? We got a few days left, about a week left on the neighborhood ratings and it looks like Monero might just be able to pull this one out of the bag. Hopefully so. Fingers crossed for the Monero team. Currently, they're sitting in first place on 13.347 as their score. Just behind is us at Midtown Terrace on 13.273, which is surprising because we've done nothing at all there. And Holswood behind that. And Greenwich Village is still there or thereabouts. I'm surprised they haven't made more of a move there considering how much effort has been going on besides behind the scenes with the Manhattan team that's behind all of those pushes. But I would expect that they will probably make a significant push for the November collection. Have to wait and see. But fingers crossed, Monero. Hope you can get there. And then, of course, moving on to the Mystery Pass Chapter 3 sale. Now, I did have, I was managed to get three three passes for this. One of those I owed to DTEC, so I got that back to him, and I had two passes sitting there, and I exchanged those, and I got what I called two chubby little twin sharkies. How'd you go? Assuming the shark was the common one to this release. I believe so. That's. So, yeah, yep. I got a shark. So I'm four from four for the common one. Yes. The green shark. Anybody so, else? Uh, How'd you go? Yeah, I got a bronze, you know, the half shark. Oh, it's not the one in the wheelchair. DTEC sent me a picture of the one he got. He's like, why is my shark in a wheelchair? No, that's no, no that's a different one. No, I got the, like, the head that goes into the base with the like, oh, yeah, yeah. at the back or whatever, like on that picture that was just there. Yep. So it's brown, so it looks bronzy because it's shiny. Mm. So well, it's okay. Cool. I wanted a panda. It's always the way. Anybody else? I in always chat? said if I want to see a shark, I'll just go for a swim at <laughs> the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll just bring up my fat little twins here. Look at those. Look at that for a pair. I got a fat little purple shark and a fat little orange shark. Yes, that was my pull. Yeah, I want, of course I wanted to get one of each, but no luck. But what do you do? Nice. I hope you got a really good one. I haven't looked at the stats on it, but he did show it me, and I went, oh, you got a good one. <laughs> nice. And you two are famously hodlers, so you're not looking to flip that to make some cheddar? No. No, no. He does flip properties occasionally. He, he sells a lot more than I do. Nice. How about you, LeBan and Bueller Man? You're very quiet there in chat. LeBan might be munching his sandwiches. No? Got nothing, LeBan says. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, fairly smooth process overall. Again, um, when are we, are we expecting another one? Because that kind of, I think that shark one kind of, Got people out of the blue. We weren't expecting that one. So soon there's another one coming next week. Who knows? 
I hope not. I need to pull yeah, some I money I think out. it's a couple of weeks away. A couple of weeks, yeah. City expansion, any vibes about that? I've been a bit um, slack on the old Upland General this week. Um, I haven't been following that. I mean, you know, obviously there's always people who know what city it's going to be and they know for sure. Um, yes. But, yeah, I haven't really been following that chatter. But it's got to come soon and it should be probably Tokyo. They're probably right because it's all sold out. So because somebody just went nuts and bought all the last of them. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Although, to be fair, what was left was big ones and they were going to sit there for quite a while anyway, so. Yes, so, so pretty much thank goodness he took them. <laughs> it kind of sucks, though. Like, I remember we talked about it, I don't know, a week or two ago where I was saying it would be great if we could get back to the, the situation where there was always some big properties, even if they are big collection properties, that people could, you know, aim towards. Like, I feel sorry for the people that hadn't gotten into Jingamai or whatever it was yet. And they were saving, trading, making plans to try and finally get one. And then you wake up one morning and then just the ginormous whale has just swum through and gobbled the whole lot up. Um, yeah. yeah. There were a few people in general who said that they had been saving and they were so close and then they were all gone. So mm. it's a bit upsetting for them. Yes, I can imagine. Um, Pillar Man just catching up on chat says he got a panda and a shark. Nicely done. Yes, there is something on the far east side of Tokyo. Yeah, I got involved in that conversation. Um, I speculated that that was going to be the, what is it, the Oni Force? I speculated that was because it's just like one neighbourhood out in the middle of nowhere. I speculated maybe that's going to be the Oni Force one. Uh, somebody said, but that's not in Tokyo. Well, yeah, technically it's not in Tokyo, but it is part of the greater Tokyo area. So it depends how loose they want to they go with that. Um Someone said there was a flower, there was some kind of flower festival there. I dug into that and I got uh, Maya to dig into that with on the Japanese side of things and it seemed like it was a very small kind of thing. I'd be very unusual for them to do a neighbourhood release based on some tiny little obscure flower festival in, you know, the outskirts of Tokyo, but stranger things have happened. Don't know. I still think it's going to be the... Um, I think it's, what did I say, Shibuya, where the city hall is. That would be my guess. But as we know, Upland likes to do things a little bit differently every now and then. So as I keep saying, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Have a drinking game on that. How many times do I say who knows and wait and see in these shows? It'll be quite a lot, I'd imagine. Ooh. Good game. But yeah, go go for it if that's your if that's what you're into. So yes, other news through the week was of course was introducing racing with steaks. That's S T A K E S, not the ones you eat. Um, thoughts on this? Excited? I think it was pretty cool. I like the gist of it at least. Um, in order to participate in a race with stakes, race owners will need to set an UPEX entry fee for their races, ranging anywhere from zero to 100,000 UPEX. Well, zero, that's kind of pointless, isn't it? You'd think they'd have a minimum there. If the minimum you can sell legits for is $5, it's weird that they've gone for a minimum, minimum on racing with stakes to zero. That just seems stupid, I would say. I think um, it's just so people can still do free races. 
Ah, uh, yes. So you don't have, that's what they're saying there. Yeah, you're right. They're saying you don't have to do a paid one. Okay. I take it all back. Uh, race with stakes. For that to happen, there must be a minimum of two players excluding AI. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if a race with stakes starts with just two non-AI races, the prize pool will just be distributed 70% to the winner, 30% to the second place loser. That's interesting. That's quite a hefty chunk. I haven't played around with this myself. I'm still waiting for the Midtown Terrace Speedway back uh, MetaVenture to be approved. It's Well, it has been approved. It's all supposed to be good to go, but hasn't come through. Um, I don't know. Swally, Laban, Bulaman, Lily, you played around with this? Racing for stakes? Oh, goodness, no. I come last or second last in, in every race I ever am in because I've got a youth. So... <laughs> No, I'm not playing with that. Can yeah, you? Lily. Sorry, so I'm, I'm with Lily on that one. I've only got an S4 and it comes last in every race I've been in. So, no, not interested. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good if you could set it to only be a Ute race. I, I imagine that's coming, but yeah, it'd be good if you could set it within the UI somehow. Um, Beulah Man said in chat, it is used for some players. Uh, he's got a link there. I hope this will not be abused to transfer Apex from multi-accounts to others. Ooh, that's an interesting spin on something. So, yes, technically, if you're a multi-accounter and you... Well, what wouldn't you just... No, well, you wouldn't just send them There's the Apex. Yeah, not that we want to be a how-to for how to do these things. Um, burners, you, there's a property involved there. Um, yeah, that's... That's a very good point. But fees-wise, you're getting hit with two lots of 5% fees, aren't you? So if you were not doing it that way. I think yeah. that's 5% to the owners and 5% to Upland. For um, property for transfers, you mean? No, no. For the racing of stakes, I think a cut of that pool goes to the owner of the track. And, and to Upland. Yeah, it does too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, LeBan said races don't require KYC. Yep. So, hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before, but hopefully they're onto it. Um, yes, I will endeavour to have a bit of a play around with myself. As I said a bit earlier, this week's just been it's report right writing time at work, so I'm just smashed. And then, of course, we had Stock Car Pro Series, another exclusive car sale. I didn't get myself a memento or a pass for this one. Um, it's interesting. Some people were saying that they had a, I saw this earlier today. Some people said that they had a memento or a pass and they thought they were part of the snapshot, but when it came time to buy it, they weren't in the list. So hopefully that's just a case of they balls that up somewhere and they perhaps they didn't register properly or something. Um, that's one of the things I meant to check was the, how their secondary markets were going on those. Cause I got myself uh, what is it? A trainee car. And I was like, oh, that's kind of boring. Maybe I'll flip it on the secondary markets, but didn't seem to be a lot happening for those. Not surprisingly, because there's a lot of supply there. I'll put that on my to-do list as well. And I think we've got one more last thing. Oh, yes, the wearables, another wearables sale coming up. Susan G. G. Komen. Now, I'm going to get myself up to speed with this as we're going because... I didn't get a chance to read this today. 
What's this all about? Um, what did we have last time for this charity? Was it Block Explorers? Yes, it was, wasn't it? The ribbons. Yeah, there was three didn't Block they, Explorers, yeah. Didn't they also do the garden lights? Ah, that was them too, yes. The little tiny things that you could hardly see. Imagine having to move those on your, if you're putting them in your factory. Wow. Yes, so what's the details here? Uh, register. No, wearable sale opens in the Upland store at Tuesday, October the 24th at 8 a.m. PT, MoFo AM with sale kicking off on Wednesday at 9 a.m. PT. Join us as we unite to make a meaningful impact in the fight against breast cancer. Registration opens Tuesday, October 24th at 8 a.m. Closes October. I'm going to have a whine about this again as I keep doing. Please, for the love of all of the gods, can we get a gap between the registration closing and the sales starting so that we can check come on throw us throw us poor old Aussies upland and all of the people that aren't in the PT time zone throw us a freaking bone eh you know getting up at 2 a.m to check your emails and see if it was worth getting up at 2 a.m it just sucks it just all around sucks give us an eight hour gap I mean you've you've got one there between when registration opens and when it closes give it give us a little bit of time there Please. Thanks. Awesome. So what have we got? We got some pretty funky tracksuits here. Right. What are Americans called tracksuits? Any ideas? No idea. No idea. LeBan, Bueller Man, what do you what do you guys call tracksuits? No. I'll check up. I guess they don't call them tracky dackies, that's for sure. No, I was, I was going to say that, but that would just completely blow people's minds. Tracky daggies, yeah. I was actually in a chat this morning on Upland General and we're talking about uh, the executive statues. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I wish I could change mine because when they first came on board, I, I submitted I wanted a pair of golden thongs. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, we all know what they were thinking. Took a bit of explaining that one, yes. So anyway, so Susan G. Coman, UPX quantity, UPX quantity, 150 for sale for UPX, 150 for sale for USD, $12,512.50. Um, I would like to get involved, but yeah, I ain't getting up at 2 a.m. to see if it's worth getting up at 2 a.m. for this one. I'm sorry. I'll check it in the morning with whatever time I get up and we'll go from there. That looks pretty cool. Pink tracksuit. Staying up for this one, Lil? No. No, I'm not staying up for it. If you're up, you're I up. I register in case, in case I am up, but I'm not staying up for it. Yes. What's LeBan said? They're called a training story. Is that how you say it? In Norwegian. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, he's laughing at me. Training story. I probably butchered that completely. Sorry about that. So that's pretty much all of the stuff that's happening. Oh, no, there's one more thing. And this is a big one, actually. Um, interested to get your take on this one, Lily. Um, let me just pull it up here. So I think it was last week we were talking about the master builders and I was saying how we are talking about how there's not much of an incentive there and it didn't seem like there was many people getting involved, um, yada, yada, yada. Well, what do you know? This has now been extended by two weeks to allow more time for submissions. Now, I do know that DTEC was one of the people asking for it to be extended for, I forget his reasons, something about there was, it took time to get a few things clarified or something. But 
if you were somebody who looked at the time, because there, there, that was the other thing too, there wasn't much time to get this done by. So if you were somebody who looked at the time frame and thought, well, I'm not going to bother because, uh, you know, one, the prizes for this one aren't that great, and two, well, there's not a lot of time to do anything. And then what do you know? There's an extra two weeks put on halfway through it. How would you feel? Yeah. I mean, if you didn't start because you thought there was no way you could finish, mm. it's kind of disappointing that you could have started and got one in if you hadn't known earlier. Yeah. But now you're left with the same two weeks that you would have had to start with, so you still probably don't have time. Yeah, that was my thinking too. And I don't think this is the first time this has happened. I just think with so many of these things, they just need to be more organised with the timing. Um, yeah. Give it a month. Um, yeah, it I, takes a lot of work to get it right. And the timeframes they give some of this stuff, it's fine if that's your full-time job. It's not fine if you work and have other real-life commitments and you're trying to squeeze this extra stuff in. And they forget that. It's not people's full-time job. Yes, I've been raging at DTEC all week. He's sending, all, sending me all of these, like, um, progress um, shots. And on Blender, I'm like, yeah, mate, that's awesome. But go the F to bed. You maniac, it's 4 a.m. and you've got to get up at God knows when to go and do your work. It's just crazy. Go to bed. Yes, he's a little addicted to um, Blender, I think, at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, are you? I know you're involved in map, map assets, but have you been playing around with structure ornaments as well? I have a couple. They never, you know, they got lost on the way to the, you know, competitions. Um and I have put them in. I have a factory to produce them. I'm just waiting. Yes. Now, what did you think then of like um, there seems to be where all of these people have done all of this work, like yourself, you've submitted it all, and then you don't hear anything for months, and then suddenly, oh, okay, this is this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, you've got to update all this stuff. And then even people that have submitted stuff recently – they're trying – well, they're trying to submit stuff, but they just keep changing the goalpost. Yeah, so I know I have to run it through all the new stuff they put out last week and mm. because it's probably going to fail and I just haven't got an email about it yet. So um, I will have to do that. So Yeah, I had a bit of a go. Such is life. Such is life. You're, you're always so glass half full. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a bit of a wine today. Um, It was – Jason, I believe, who might be the the manager of UGC in Upland General, he's somebody asked a question like I was Hanzilla actually. He asked the question, um, when your map asset or whatever it is is available to be manufactured in your factory at long last, do you get any notification? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, we let you know. I'm like, uh, no, you don't. No, no you, you don't. don't. <laughs> they just suddenly magically appear one day. Yeah. Has Chase got hers yet? I don't know. No idea. I forgot to ask her. Because that's that would have to be because it's supposed to be sixty days, right? The classic sixty days, but that would have to be well over that, surely. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we might have submitted them at the same time. And yes, I've only got two of my six, but she hasn't got any, as far as I know. I'm sure she would have said. Yeah, it's frustrating. Frustrating for sure. So yes, no, you don't. If you do have them, you just got to keep checking. Unfortunately. Um, they will contact you like that's you get a hint that it might be coming soon because like um 
literally like you've just said then you you'll get an you get an email saying uh, actually you need to change this and this or with our map assets i got an email recently to they wanted to clarification on what the name of the item was and the mint numbers and blah 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 so that gives you some kind of hint that okay this is going to happen but as far as it actually happening yeah that's just a magical surprise one day yeah all right so what else we got? Oh, okay. So the main topic for the show, of course, is Cha-Ching. Upland is poised to be flush with cash after fresh funding injections, totaling so far $8.5 million. As I said, that's no that's no small amount. Now, we did see probably the biggest news for that came out. Like this was on all of the news sites. This is crypto.news. Upland Blockchain Gaming Project receives seven million ahead of ERC twenty token launch. Good, good, good. Um, fresh capital injection means they're going to have lots more funds to hopefully go back and get some of these loose ends all tidied up, some new features, new people on board, all of that good stuff. So yes, who knows? Maybe if your map assets is finally available, you might actually get an email or something. So general vibes on this, I would imagine everyone's quite excited for this pretty good news isn't it? it is it just you know it confirms that we're going places absolutely you know? yeah i mean we know we are because we play the game but it confirms that even other people know that we're going places yes um so it mentions the sparklet token and how it's strategically aimed at increasing uplands visibility within the broader markets of course um blah 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 the bigger picture in blockchain gaming uh, goes on for a different stuff of where the whole sector's heading. So yeah, so that was seven million, and then there was another. Dirk, he posted this. Well, he retweeted this. So this is from um, the dude that's he's one of the main EOS guys at Big Bead Samurai EOS Network Ventures has invested an extra one point five million into Upland. Upland has already established itself as one of the industry's leading apps with ambitious plans to grow. Powered by EOS, Upland has a UX so smooth that you barely know it uses a blockchain, a step towards mass adoption. Um, clearly big Sam, big beard samurai doesn't do treasure hunting or <laughs> gets heavily engaged in the UI because to say it's silky smooth. Not so sure about that. If you're talking about the blockchain aspects with the minting stats and all of that, yeah, absolutely. He never attended any of the early city releases either. <laughs> no. Dumpster fires. Yes. The classic memes. Yeah. So, no, I, th I think it's all really, really great stuff. And my laptop has frozen. So I can't even get out of screen share. Let me try that. No. So 8.5 million big ones. What are you going to spend it on? Swally, where are you parking your 8.5 million if you're, if you're the fourth founding member of Upland? Developing utility for Spark. <laughs> utility for Spark. Yes, please. First on the menu. Yeah. Lily, Bielerman, Leban. Cerness is on too. Cerness, jump in. I'm sure they have it allocated already. So I just let them do whatever they're going to do and I'll just follow along. More gamification, says Man. Yeah, well, it might be. They might be paying off the credit cards that they've been using. Who knows? Yeah. Come on, you must have some some kind of pie-in-the-sky dream. You'd love to see them 
do something with it. I'd yeah, I'd love for him to go back and finish off some of these many well, many of these things. Like go back, hell, go back to the original roadmaps and have a look at some of the cool stuff that was listed in there. Um, get some of that stuff done. Uh, get some of more of this stuff that they're trying to you know palm off to layer two. Let's get that in layer one. So Nessa said, anti-nerfing of treasure hunting. Yeah, all right. Share a bit of love there for the treasure hunters. Let's get the um, the, the red arrows back. Swally's shaking his head. Yeah. I don't know. Only because I know it's not coming back. So well, I've, you never know. I've, no, I don't think. It's not coming back. They're not going to make it better. They're only going to keep nerfing it and reduce rewards over time. But and it is what it is. You just got to make the most of what you can when you can. Yeah. I, th I think it might have been. It was a while back where we were we were talking about when are they going to drop the the um, dividend rates? Like, what are we on fourteen point something percent now? When's that going to drop? And I was kind of thinking I would not be surprised to see that drop um, before the end of the year. It'd be interesting to see that drop after a massive cash injection. Um, this kind of, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how they could put the spin on that to push it positive. Who knows? Spark utility, totem utility. Arsenis, 8.5 million in funding equals 8.5% yield. Whoa, that's a hell of a drop. If you're talking 8.5% up, because they did say, they never said it would only ever go down. They did say it could go up too. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Ouch. Um, yeah, Buellerman's head gamification, something useful to do all day in Upland. For example, what would something useful to do all day in Upland be? Play a roulette wheel or something, but then they're gonna they're gonna steer clear of gambling. So I don't know. I already spent way too much on it for them to create more stuff to make me spend more time on there. Absolutely, especially at the moment. This is the end of the year where you just really feel like you just get milked for all you're worth. Um, we haven't even got to Christmas yet, so yes, it's definitely got that feel about it. Um, yeah, for myself personally, like I said, I'd like to see some of that other you know that old sort of roadmap stuff get done would love to see some fresh advertising for a, a big city release or something a bit of hype i don't think we've really seen anything since um it's probably one of those last probably one of those last manhattan releases where they had the campaign in the subways and that or was it what was the city that had uh, the big massive billboards on the side of the road was that nashville or dallas one of those ones yeah, I think it was. And the subway, they had them in Queens, didn't they? Queens, yeah, that might have been it, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, LeBan, 8.5 million funding to grasp over all the suggestions. Soon as has applied to the feedback page, yes. There you go. There's a, there's a to-do list right there. Nice one, LeBan. Perfect. Yeah, just get in contact with Sir Ness. I'm sure he would charge a very modest fee. Wouldn't charge too too much. So yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to see I'd love to see a big massive city release, something major. What what would be another new city that would be, you know, eyeball catching? We've been to Tokyo, we've been to London, we've been to Manhattan, Sydney. 
Oh, I would love it if Sydney came in. Sydney, yeah. Go all yeah, out. Sydney. Sydney'd be awesome, but we can't have another tier one city, can we? Well, well Sydney got... wouldn't be tier one. Why? Yeah, I think it I, would be. I don't think they'd make it tier one. I think they'd make it two. So I mean, what would be the well you're saying Canberra would be the tier one? I just don't think they'd give anything in Australia tier one status. Oh, they'd have to, surely. Surely. Riots in the streets if they don't. Spielman said Paris, Rome, Paris, yeah, the bigger one. Rome, Madrid, or some African city, yeah, I'd love to see somewhere in Africa, sure. Or India, we know there's a big um, Indian community. Big Indian community, yes. Yeah. Let's, let's have India. Get them some love. Mumbai or somewhere? Yeah. That would be very nice. Yes, but like um, like Lily said, I think it's just it's very good. It's all pointing in the right direction. We know that Upland's in a good place. It's It has survived the bear market. We've seen that crypto is potentially poised to get up and get going. Um, yeah, hopefully this cash injection's just come at the right time. We've, you know, we're going to get a whole bunch of mainstream attention when Sparklet goes crypto. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's just a perfect storm brewing. So Ness says, first tropical island city, maybe Tahiti or Fiji or Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. Time for a pina colada. Nice. Vanuatu or somewhere. Yeah, sounds good. Sign me up. But then um, you'd have to try and get your head around the, the US. People would have to try and get their head around doing a summertime release for their winter stuff. Like I always complain every year when it's, when it's all of the Christmas stuff and it's like, can we get some Aussie Christmas stuff in there? Does it always have to be about snow and freaking reindeers and crap? Can't we get Santa in his shorts with his surfboard? I'd buy that. I have thought about that, you know. Yeah, I whinge about it every year. But I've thought about the, the Melbourne shed, you know, the beach shed with Christmas decorations. Yes, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll be in on that. Come on, Upland. Somebody mentioned this too in I, I saw on Upland General. It might have been in relation to the Master Builders Contest, and I know we've talked about this previously too. Like, if it's too hard for you to do it, well, shit, put another Master Builder Challenge out there. Make it a Master Map Asset Challenge. Come up with the best designs, you know. You've got so, so many talented 3D people in the community. There's people looking to get involved. Well, yeah. Throw some more... Throw some more bones around with a bit more meat on it than freaking badge. Get your community involved. Because, yeah, decorating everything in wintertime stuff don't really fly for us down this way. Anywho, what else have we got? Well, we've said that the crypto is doing really well we've said that upland is poised to do really well and just as this is trying to load up well yeah it's probably a perfect storm in relation to just the wider space in general um there's a prediction here metaverse market set to skyrocket to 1303 billion by 2030 Pioneering growth fueled by XR technologies and immersive experiences. Remembering that XR is virtual reality and augmented reality combined. Um, now, that is a lot of money. 
rising tide lifts all the dirty turds in the ocean. So if that's much money is being put out there and about, well, it has to bleed through to, you know, other things like upland. Surely, does it not? Is that figure not just $1.3 uh, trillion? That's what I thought when I read it, but for some reason they put it like that, $1,303 billion. That just confused me when they said that number. I'm like, yeah. I don't think it works like that. They're just trying to make it fancy. I guess $1,303 billion sounds more fancy than $1 trillion. I don't know. However way you want to say it, it's a lot of freaking money. So why do they think that? The global metaverse market is on a trajectory of unprecedented growth with expectations to surge from USD 83.9 billion in 2023 to an astounding USD, yes, that big figure by 2030. Well, hang on a minute. USD 83.9 billion. Aren't there all these articles out there that the metaverse is dead? Isn't that all the rage, all of those FUD articles at the moment? Metaverse is dead. Yeah. Lost his, all his money. It's all a big scam. NFTs are dead. And yet, $83.9 billion, really? It shows how much the tech companies are paying attention to that too. Yes. This remarkable expansion is projected to occur at a compound annual growth rate of 48% during the forecast period from 2023 to 2030. <laughs> Crikey. Well, here I am in the midst of trying to unload another 2,000 properties from my Upland account. Maybe I might want to rethink that a little bit. Maybe I just might want to rethink that. It's 2030 ain't that far away. Um, the video game industry has played a pivotal role in shaping the metaverse as numerous online games and platforms now offer immersive virtual worlds complete with user-generated content, sounds familiar, and virtual economies, sounds very familiar. Beyond entertainment, the metaverse is finding applications in education and collaboration with virtual classrooms, conferences, and workspaces becoming increasingly prevalent. Now, we haven't really seen Upland kind of go towards that. We have the cafe element. We have the, um, what is it? The mission system has come in. We haven't really seen that as a full-on Web3 virtual kind of experience yet. Maybe that's where some of that 8.5 bill uh, mil could go. Uh, the VR devices segment is poised to dominate the market, holding the largest market size during the forecast period. VR devices offer realistic images and sounds. Yes, 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 we know all that. Okay, so if VR is going to be all the rage, perhaps Upland needs some VR elements as well. I do know, hasn't Elijah Judah with Spatial that's not it's not directly tied to Upland, but I'm pretty sure he's played around with VR stuff as it relates to some of the stuff he's done. Yep, he has. Yeah. And Blue uh, too. Um, I'm pretty Blue sure Rain. Blue's... Yep, yeah, she's been playing around with it too. She has too. Yeah, I've seen her do... Did she do something with Mesida or something? I feel like I've got in my memory bank she was having an interview with Mesida or something. In That might have been the meta one, was it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, maybe some of those dollar runes they've got, we can get some more Layer 1 VR aspects to it as well. Um, we know that Upland's all mobile-based, of course, and that's because M Upland is really the only significant Metaverse platform that is mobile first like that. Um, but don't want to put all the eggs in one basket. Get some VR elements as well. 
So, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting to just kind of set the scenes. It just feels like everything's kind of brewing and everything's starting to head in the right direction. May perhaps, but you just never know with these things. You just never know. They have a tendency to come flying back down pretty quickly as well. So speaking of a one of these metaverse platforms that's all about gaming and making bazillions of dollars, well, of course, we have Roblox. Now, yes, it kind of doesn't feel very metaverse if you just look at it on face value, but the kids are all about Roblox. Um, I know my three kids, uh, well, maybe not my oldest one so much, but the younger two, they're definitely all about Roblox. And we have here a headline, teens take a million metaverse Ryanair flights in Roblox. So what is all this about? So of all the things parents might suspect their little darlings of doing on game creation platform Roblox, replicating Ryanair flights likely isn't one of them. And yet here they are, checking in their luggage, queuing at security, wading through duty-free and grabbing a dirty burger before making their arduous trek to the gate where there is, lo and behold, more queuing. The blocky little avatars then board a faithfully rendered Ryanair jet, replete with cabin crew performed safety routines and unappetizing in-flight grub. The flight supposedly even takes the players on a seaside Potemkin holiday. The Ryanair-themed experiences has proved so popular that the teams behind it recently celebrated their millionth flight. So what's all this about? It says, for the adults among us who are all too familiar with the budget Irish Airlines' unsophisticated take on commercial aviation, the fixation on Ryanair may seem an odd choice, yet everyone needs a hobby. Sebastian Codling at 19, who was studying computer science at the University of Aberdeen, started working on the simulation in 2015 without the airline's permission. Oh, no. I was young, I had no idea about copyright, but we just suddenly developed an interest in aviation, he told the Times. We replicate things that the real airline would do and provide soft skills to people such as web development and teaching them about aviation as well. Okay, so that's all pretty greasy, but I like this bit here. So here are these kids. They're playing this game, and what are they actually doing? Well, they're just doing mundane, boring, in-real-life stuff. Now, we've seen this with... There's some very big games out there like uh, truck driver simulator, train driver simulator, other flight simulators where people spending heaps and heaps of money and spending uncountless hours doing mundane, boring things that people do in real life. And this is what they do for their free time. And they do this voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, voluntarily. And they love it. And they watch videos of other people doing it. It's mind-blowing. So, yeah, this is the kind of gamification elements that you could see something like this. It wouldn't be that hard to port across to Upland. Um, we have the air mechanics in Upland. Imagine if there was some kind of frequent flyer situation in Upland where the amount of flights you did, you got some kind of perks or rewards or something. Um, Swally, I know you've been interested in aviation and stuff like that. Um, what is reading something? There's, there's clearly a demand there for that kind of stuff, that kind of grindy, um, you know, action. Yeah, 
Hundred percent. I mean, you said, "What? Where do you want to spend the seven million? I've been saying for ages. This is what I'm looking for. The flight simulator, the simulated games in general, being introduced in this game. I have no clue how easy or hard that is to do, but I assume one day, well, I hope one day it'll happen. And I think if it does happen, it'll be massive. Yes. I tell you what, though, Smiley, if you if you make me check in, wait in line, load my (laughs) luggage and everything before I have to board a flight in Upland, I'm never catching your airline. (laughs) We finally found something to send Lily Farrell. We finally found something. I just want to be the Alan Joyce. I don't want to make you do that. I just want to own it and someone else can run it. That's funny. Yes. So, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, I love those kind of idle, clickery games where you can do something, set and forget, and you get some kind of reward for it. That's that's why I got involved in Upland in the first place, really. That's why I got so, you know, engaged in it, um, leaning into that further. Because, as I said, there's clearly a demand there for the for the youngins. Now, technically, sure, with the TOS, the Terms of Service, they're not technically supposed to, allowed to play Upland. But, yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of adults that do that kind of train simulator and the truck simulator stuff too, so who knows? We do know that transportation mechanics for outdoor deco map assets and the crates and all of that, that's all supposed to be a thing as well. So, yes, hopefully it's one of those areas where Upland spends some of that money. Have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. There you go. Have another drink. All right, on to Mitsudiverse news now. There's a whole bunch of these that are all AI related. Um, before we get got kicked off this evening, I was talking about some extra AI stuff that I've got going on today. Um, it's all over the place. I don't think you can escape the chatter about AI, be that positive, negative. Um, we've got a bit of a mixed bag here. Now, for the Aussies, this is the Australian news. This is This is part of the grease. This is part of the scary side of things. So the headline is a scary Instagram video of Aussie star Hamish Blake has sparked urgent warning. So if you're not familiar with Hamish Blake, he's kind of a comedian, TV host, personality, podcaster, dude. I don't know. Is that is that how you'd explain him? I don't know why they got a picture yeah, of him. Yeah, he's a comedian. Yeah. So anyhow, poor old Hamish Blake has been caught up in a scary artificial intelligence generated deep fake video scam. An advertisement running on Instagram features a somewhat convincing video of the comedian broadcaster appearing to promote weight loss gummies. Oh, boy. Two months ago, this is in quotes from him. Two months ago, I saw an advertisement for gummies and the website claimed that with the help of this product, you can lose weight by, what the hell just happened? 12 kilos in four weeks, the fake Blake says in the ad. I decided to order four bottles and the first few days, nothing changed. I was sceptical about this, but what was my surprise when the weight started to evaporate? After only two weeks, I had lost six kilos. And at the end, of course, I had lost 13 kilos. The fake Blake sounds alarmingly like the real one and the vision, although a low resolution, animates his face and shows his mouth moving. On air this morning, 2GB breakfast host Ben Fordham said he knows Blake well and was shocked when he spotted the Instagram ad at the weekend. That sounds like Hamish Blake, he said before introducing the real star. I promise that this is the real Hamish. He said, this one won't sell you magic beans in the form of weight loss gummies. Um, He said that with some two decades of recorded examples of his voice available online, thanks to his prolific career in radio and TV, AI tech has plenty to work with. 
Yeah. So we've seen this with um, Joe Rogan's a classic example as well. Um, this stuff's starting to spread all over the place. What's your thoughts on this? It's kind of horrifying. Yeah. It's the future. Everything is going to have to get verified now, isn't it? Like, and blockchain can possibly solve that problem. Yep. Blockchain identity. Yep. Um, yeah. This scares me for some of the stuff some of the stuff that's out there as far as, you know, bullying in schools, cyberbullying and all that sort of stuff, this could go very wrong, very bad, very quickly. That's where it could get really terrible. Forget that. It could wreck people's careers even. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lives, you know, for sure. Yeah. So that's the scary aspect. But, yeah, like, like you said, Twally, there, there is a way to have your identity well, there, sh there could be a way to have your identity fully verified on blockchain. So, yeah, hopefully digital IDs. Doesn't solve your kid problem, though, does it? If kids are going to be targeted. Like, how do you do that? It'd have to be somehow... It'd have to be somehow to show in any sort... Like, if, if you were to take a video of yourself and you wanted to put it on Instagram, there'd have to be some kind of verification. You know, like Twitter's got the tick or... There, there would be some way that you could do it. But then, of course, that's going to get forged as well. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the scary, one of the scary aspects. It's very scary. Mm. All right. So that's kind of the, the scary doom and gloom version. Well, I believe we've got a couple of, well, one's good and one's a maybe, maybe an eyebrow raiser. So the next one, so this is New Zealand news in the New Zealand news. Meet the teenage inventor using AI to save Rotorua was, is that how you say that? It's one of those words. Is it Rotorua? No. Apologies, Kiwis. Aotearoa's? Aotearoa's forests. Maybe. Yes. So how's he doing it? Cameron created an award-winning trap for wallabies. Ah, that's right, because isn't that funny how um, in New Zealand, they their biggest pest species are wallabies, and possums from Australia, of course, as well with deer and pigs and all the rest of it. But two of the biggest ones are wallabies and possums. They're just overrun by them. Yeah, well, wallabies eat a lot of grass, of which, of course, Australia has lots of native grasses for them to eat. Yep. Um, totally different ground cover in New Zealand. Yes, and there's, you know, they have predators, natural predators here with dingoes and what not? But nothing over there. So, yeah, it's a very big problem. So using artificial intelligence, the trap can see what animal is interacting with it. If it's a wallaby, the trap will be triggered. But if it's not a pest, then the animal can pass unharmed. That's clever. So using it to, to see what it's actually coming up to the trap. Very cool. That is brilliant. Hmm. Good on you. So that's one... Very positive use of it. And now this next one's interesting too. This is from the Japan News. Did a computer write this? The book industry is now also grappling with AI. Does it matter is my question. If you're reading a book and the story is written by AI and it's a good book, does it matter? Well, I mean, some very prolific authors have done so many books 
that if you fed that into an AI and yep. then gave them a basic outline, it could probably write you a very clear book in that author author's style that would pass quite fine and you would enjoy reading it. And the author probably would go, oh, yeah, I could have written that. So, yeah, stick my name on it. Yeah, and we, we see this even with, like, well-established authors in the past. Um, I think The Wheel of Time might be a classic series where the – the author died and then his son took it over and continued writing it or something. And then some authors have ghost writers that go and write different chapters or even books and stuff. So it's not an unestablished practice. Yeah, there is a thing where authors write out the basic premise of the novel and a ghost writer fills in the rest in their voice or how that their voice is perceived. And people can't tell the difference when they do that. Um, that person usually gets a credit somewhere in the book uh, if you want to track it down, but it's not usually on the cover. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or well, now that you've said that, that, that's kind of precisely how I use AI. I like, like what I, the, the, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who wants to do your autobiography, but you're not technically a writer, well, you sit there and you do countless interviews with the person who's going to write the book, um, whether it's recorded interviews or whatever. And then that ghost writer sits there and, puts it all together and beep bop, beep bop, tops it all up. Well, that's what I do with AI. I just dump a whole bunch of information on it and then it spits it all out pretty. So really it's no different to that. But, uh, I don't know. Yes. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as the original author whose style you're matching is aware of it and approves it. Yeah, I, I guess where it could get greasy is if um, Lily Field is the one who's putting all that book data into the AI system and saying, hey, write me a book in such and such a style, then it can get a little bit greasy. Yes. Like I love reading Dean Clintons and Stephen King. So if I stuck all their books in and said, give me something in between, that doesn't make me an author. <laughs> and it doesn't make it one of Stephen King's or Dean Clintons. But, you know, that would be a terrible thing to happen to either of them because they both have very different styles, even their though they're in the same genre. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, maybe it needs some kind of verification process. Then you're talking about regulation and I don't know. Have to wait and see. Have another drink. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like it in general. I, I do use it like that. Um, I know when I was first playing around with the idea of putting a Midtown Terrace thing in for – uh, Uplandia. I played around with getting it to generate some stories and that was ChatGPT 3.5 and it was pretty good. So I can't imagine what 4 is like. It must be insane to do stories. So Actually, I might use that. I've got an activity plan with the kids where we're going to write a Halloween story ourselves. I might actually I might actually use, I'll really freak out the parents and I'll use ChatGPT for that live with the kids. Ooh. Wait and see. Have another drink. All right, and that brings us on to the quips for this week. Now, quips stands for questions, insights, provocations, and statements. If at any stage you have some Upland or UDU-related quips that we could dive into, uh, then let me know via a Discord DM. You can also submit a Google form entry. Links in the description, or you can just you could probably even just tag me in the YouTube comments or something like that. If your submission is used, you win yourself a prize. Probably one of the easiest ways you ever go about earning some Upex or a map asset or who knows what. 
um, is to do that. Now, we've got two this week again. Um, Rampant Quips submitter CernS4 starts us off by asking, other than having a future yield boost or potentially being rentable space with living units in the future, what other avenues for structure utility do you see the random small townhouse having in some random city slash neighborhood in Upland that is not being utilized for home address, hood ratings, or a metaventure? So what is the purpose? Basically, what is the purpose of having a small structure somewhere that you're not really being used? Is I had a view. I had a view on this in our interview when I yep. think that um, there should be some sort of, on a scaling system, some sort of yield bonus to the properties. So they're talking about reducing the rate that we currently get at 14 point whatever down at some point. But I think you can soften that blow by saying, okay, but if you have like a small townhouse, you can get an extra 0.5 or 1% yield or something like that and scale that up to the apartment buildings. I would argue that showrooms and factories don't get included in that because they're by their own nature are meant to make their own money yes i'm in agreement 100,000 percent. i th i think this this should be some direct it should be some direct upex boost for building a structure it doesn't matter what the structure is there should be should be some baseline kind of reward for that and i did like your idea at the time when we talked about that to have it staggered per you know for the different structure types uh, that could maybe be tied to how many living units are available in them or something like that. So absolutely. Or how many spark hours is required to to do it. Yeah, spark hours is probably the best way of doing it. But yeah. it gives incentives for you to buying a bigger property to put a apartment building on it to get the better yield. So it gives more saleability to bigger properties, which we all know are harder to flip at this stage. Yep. The man said in chat, I hope it will serve as a bed and breakfast when you travel to another city and you don't own your own house there and you get X amount UPEX per day. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you caught that, Lily. Um, any ideas for how small structures, small buildings could be better utilized in the game, you know, if you're not using it as a home address or a metaventure or something like that? Like, well, what's the point? What's the point of putting up a a tiny little house or a small townhouse or something like that. It's just a decoration, isn't it? It's just a big map asset. Ouch. Precisely. Yeah. Except you can't move it. Once it's there, you're stuck with it. Yep. Um, I, I wish we could... You remember when, when we first had buildings, the colour palette was so much more uh impressive like there was more colors they were brighter and we got all these it's the same shitty shade of brown um i don't know how you could say it was ever impressive <laughs> well maybe not impressive but it was definitely way better don't get me started on the color scheme i think it's like one of the worst color schemes ever um and it's just gotten worse over the years yes it yeah. at some point it dulled it right down yeah. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. There, there was always talk about maybe having a meta venture where you could respray the houses or something like that. So, uh, just, yeah, a wrap, like a, an yeah. ornament that you can put over it that wraps it and changes the color to, you know, precisely what you want. That would be fabulous because that would change every one of mine instantly. 
Yeah, and that'd be permanent regardless of the season or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Swally, in Swally's segment last week, you were talking about different color palettes for the properties themselves. So I guess it's Is there a reason? on that. Is there a reason why they don't do it? Surely color, colors are not hard to do. Surely that's one of the easiest things. It Is must it? have had something to do with how much bandwidth it was using or something, but I wouldn't have thought colors would make that much difference. I mean, we can stream thousands of colors and stuff like that. I don't, I mean, it's not like it's got a million colors in the shade of a paint color on a building. Like it's just one color. It's not. Um, yeah. If there was a way to provide the internet code for the color so you could get the precise color, mm. um, that would be like really good. Like your zeros and Fs and stuff like that. But yeah. 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 Like I wouldn't have thought it'd be that hard to do other than creating more colors on the screen to look at and harder to load. But even then I wouldn't have thought it's that hard, but yeah, the, know. the original, like, you know, if um like in mid 10 terrace, I've got a bunch of red roofed properties. Well, they're not really red. They're kind of terracotta faded red. Well, they used to be bright red. So maybe it was too garish or something and they wanted to accept. I don't know, but yeah, it was, it would definitely, there was a point there where they flipped a switch and the quality just went way down. Yeah, they dulled a lot. Mm. Um, they were much brighter. Yep. Now they're just mud. Now <laughs> they're mud. Yes. Yeah, especially when I, I did. I put up another showroom recently. I'm like, really? Well, what's the point of even picking it and just go for the whatever the stock standard one is because it doesn't change a damn thing. I do that anyway because it doesn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. Yes. What could they do for smaller structures? Potentially a lot. Um, whether they've got the the will to do it, who knows? That's one of those things, isn't it? Might be one of those eventually things. So thank you for that. So Ness, now long-time supporter Laban has snuck one in this week as well. Laban asks, looking at upexland.me's overview page, and if you sort by locked properties, look at Fresno with a whopping 8,000 locked properties. Will Fresno have a comeback in the future? Uh, smiley face. For reference, Staten Island is in second place with 2,400 locked properties. 8,000 locked properties. That's a lot of props. Fresno expansion. Who's up for that? It's a lot, but it's not a huge amount. I mean, 8,000 would be snapped up pretty quick if they unlocked them. It depends. Are they coming back at the original mint price? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Gosh, when they, I think I've got a whole bunch in my account that were 400 UPX mint price. Something like that. Yeah, Fresno was ridiculously cheap. Yeah. yeah the re-releases never are, though, are they? No. No, they'd be at whatever the floor is now or even more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Um, why are they locked? Are they are they those whopper properties that are over five thousand? I imagine there's a bunch of them that probably are. Staten Island, they wouldn't be. They'd have to be a bunch of small ones. Is it the case? Is it the case where it's like um, it might be like Chicago, where there were so many missing properties. Chicago was sold out, and then lo and behold, they flick a switch, and suddenly there's another nineteen thousand properties released. Maybe that might happen at some stage in the future. Who knows? LeBan, if you're still on, what do you think? So? What's your thoughts? Would you be in all, all in on Fresno again? 
I mean, what what would that do to the floor? Crikey, we saw what it did to the floor with Chicago. I've no idea. I'd just buy up all the 400 Upex ones. Yeah, well, they're probably going to be 4,000 now. Um, it just crushed the floor there again. Yeah, Chicago had started to come up before they dropped all those properties. And then yeah. you have properties that had such a higher return rate than what the original properties were getting that people couldn't sell the originals because everybody wants the new ones. Yep, or so. people would buy the, you know, they'd go the other way. They'd get kind of wrought themselves. The one next door had a much better yield. Mm. So, yeah, it's kind of a tricky situation. I don't know, but, yeah, I wasn't aware of that, having so many locked properties there. Interesting indeed. All right, cheers for that, Cernes and LeBan. You've both won yourself 5,000 UPX and a Samurai Aquatics and Decor Halloween sign each. Thank you, thank you. No Midtown Terrace news this week, no NBU news this week, and that brings us on to the NBA server competition wheel. Like I said, if you have not got involved in one of these, you best get yourself involved in one of those because you want to be in the running for what goes down at the end of the year. So last week's challenge was in the contest channel in the NBA server, let us know what your favorite, funniest, spookiest Halloween memory is. And your name's going to roll on the list, of course, for a chance to win a whole bunch of prizes. Um, fair few entries for that. There were some classic ones in there. Uh, my best Halloween story. I can't write that down because it's, so bad that I can't say it out loud in text. I have to say it in person. And people people have heard it, including my wife, who I didn't tell it to her until like two, three years later. Nothing too bad, just dumb. All right, so this is the first one. So let me make sure I do this correctly. The first roll, like last week, the first roll is going to be to win a one sign, second roll, three signs, and just like Cassastra did last week, the third roll is going to be to win five signs and a monument. And if you're quick, you'll be able to get these up and help decorate your areas just in time for Halloween this year. Congratulations, everyone who got on this list, and good luck to you. Oh, look at that. Cassastra is just on fire. You've got another one, Cass. Well done. So I'm going to remove her from there. And so that was one sign. Next up, we've got three signs, three Halloween signs. Caesar is somebody who's been cleaning up on these as well. Congratulations, Caesar. Another three signs for you. And the big one at the end, five Halloween signs and a monument. As I mentioned last week, these cannot be bought at least Directly, they can only be bought on the secondary markets or picked up as prizes. Ooh, Angry might have it, I think. Angry, yes, Angry Ursia. Congratulations to you. Just write that down before I forget. Um, and I can get out of there. So that was last week's. I won't go on over and read them because they're some of those are quite lengthy. But yeah, if you haven't got over, get yourself on over and check it out. Swally, you forgot to enter. Get your entries in. I don't think I've seen your name in any of those either, Lily. You want to get an entry in? Big prize at the end of the year. That brings us on to this week's challenge in the contest channel in the NBA server. Of course, let us know the what, when, where, why, and hows of what you would spend the $8.5 million budget on. 
what would you spend it on? When would you spend it? Where would you spend it? Why would you spend it there? And how would you spend it, etc. Um, next week, it's not, what are we? Next week is going to be the 1st of November for us. 1st of November for us next week's show, but that will be the 31st. So we will do one more Halloween-ish thing for next week. So, yeah, um, pretty much the same kind of prizes for this week. You will be too late to get it up and decorated, but it'll be there ready for next year. Um, and we got some other things being manufactured in the Samurai Critics factory at the moment in San Francisco, some new items there. Probably give some of those out in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do that. So, yeah, if you want to get involved in some free stuff, make sure you get your entries in. And that brings us over to the live participants wheel. Now, I think I got everyone. We had Laban, of course. Laban, Beulah. Whoa, Bjork, Beulah. Lily, I always spell Lily wrong. Did I spell it right this week? I think I did. Swally. Um, and Surness. I don't think anybody else jumped in. Oh, hang on. Broski's jumped in right at the end. Oh, I'll allow it. Broski, and that's all. All right, so what did I do last week? Last week we did two rolls. What the hell? Let's do three rolls this week. So roll one was a Halloween sign. Roll two was 5,000 UPEX plus a Halloween sign. And we'll just go with that theme. Roll three will be 10,000 UPX. And what do you know, a Halloween sign. So three chances here. And how many people? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, so you get a 50% chance to get a prize. Good luck. So this is for a Halloween sign. Lily, you got right. Congrats. Now, I mentioned last week, for all of these prizes, if you win it, there's a couple, two main ways that you can get hold of this. You can just send a swap through or send me a DM first so you know which one to send a um, burner legit swap for, or I can list them in one of our showrooms as well. So this roll is for 5,000 UPEX plus a sign. Look at that. Broski's jumped in the end, and he's cleaned up. Well done, Broski. 5,000 UP UPX and a Halloween sign on the way for you. And last one. So this is for 10,000 UPX plus a Halloween sign. Ooh, ooh, that's a borderline. I think Sir might have it. Sir Ness has got himself another sign. How many you got now, Sir? That's a fair few. You'd be able to start up your own showroom. Get out of there. I can't do stop share. There we go. Close, yes. All right, and that's all I've got for this week. Anything else you guys want to get out there? Plug, spam, plug. No? Well, we didn't have a Swally segment this week. I believe you're working on something for next week, maybe, Swally? No, not working on It's going to be a couple of weeks away yet before I can weeks. get that together. It's, a, it's going to be a fair bit of work, I think, to you know how hard it is with trying to find properties and whatnot. Yep. Um, so it's going to take me probably a full day to play around with it once I get all the information I need. So maybe maybe in two weeks' time, we'll see how I go. Next week might be a um, treasure hunting update. 
Oh, that's right. That's what you mentioned. Yeah, awesome. Be cool to get the update and compare it to how you went last month for sure. All right. On that note, a reminder that if you are in a time zone that fits in with the Wednesday night recording schedule of starting at 7.30 p.m. AEST and you'd like to get involved live, the link to the weekly Zoom will always be dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes before the show starts. As you've just seen, if you can't get involved live, you can get involved um, just on the back end or the front end. Um, There's ways there. There's Google form links. There's the NBA server, of course, DMs. if there's ever something that you want to promote and you can't get involved in this specific time zone, uh, you can send me a DM and we'd be more than happy to promote that as well. Um, you know, whether it be just, you know, putting a paragraph out there or screen shares or something like that. Happy to help any way that we can. And that extends, of course, to um, if you'd like to get involved in more long-form discussions with the Metaverse and Beyond podcasts that I do, long-form interviews, um, I'll probably try and get one of those. I didn't do one last week, so I'll probably try and get one of those organized for this week. Don't really have anyone in mind just of yet. Um, if you know of somebody or you yourself want to get involved, send me a DM on Discord or drop a comment in the YouTubes to discuss and secure your spot. That's all I've got. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a great week. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.